The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back to Ram Showcase. Tonight, the Julio hype was fun, but now over. Plus, the offensive line position battles are still hot. And later, we rank the NFC West head coaches. Next on Ram Showcase. Welcome to Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I'm your host, Joe Brandon. But you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. I'm laying down the law for you guys tonight. Cool stuff to get into. We are talking Julio Jones. I, I I did it, guys. I did the cool jinx, and then I anti-jinxed myself. So I do apologize that I feel like I'm the reason we're not getting Julio Jones now to the Rams. Uh, we got some position battles that we'll discuss. I do want to uh, reference a few comments that I had last week on my my trade list. I just, I just want to address so, some things that I that I said, or I guess did not say. So we'll talk about that as well. Ranking the head coaches of the NFC West. And just a couple of uh, fan quesos. Nothing too crazy for you guys today. So uh, we only got a couple, but we are also in June, which is notoriously a slow news month for the NFL. And, I mean, I got to say that I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped that like we still get like Aaron Rodgers stuff. We still get... Julio Jones stuff. We're still getting Deshaun Watson stuff, and now I mean I'm in I'm in Colorado, so I'm hearing a lot of like the Drew Locke and and Teddy Bridgewater battle that you know some some Denver rider up at the fan he he says that uh, he's pretty confident that Bridgewater is going to win out that battle. So at that point, does does Luck get trade? I don't know. Either way, we're in a slow news month, uh, but but it's all good because we still got plenty to talk about. There's still enough things going on here that we've got plenty to talk about. First, I want to talk about this Julio Jones situation that we are with that we have found ourselves in and then out of. <laughs> so, the Rams were reportedly pretty in on uh, on on Julio Jones. The odds skyrocketed and I made it I I did the thing last week where I did say it was like, you know, may, maybe I need to say that there's no way Julio Jones becomes a, a member of the Rams. Because that's how this works, apparently, is every time that I'm adamant that the Rams will not get a player, that's the next player that the Rams get, right? So uh, I did that, and then and, and then immediately, like, oh, I feel like as that happened, like, the universe starts turning, and things start happening, and Les Steed's making phone calls and stuff, and and then it comes out that the, the Rams are pretty heavily involved in conversations with the Atlanta Falcons for a potential Julio Jones trade. And so I, being the person that I am, Decided to blast out that video everywhere I could. Well, I mean, not everywhere I could, but I decided to post that video in a couple places. And and then I, it feels like right after that, because I, I kind of had sold it as like I have some kind of weird gift. That if I can, if I say a player has no shot of coming to the Rams, we get them, it turns out. So, uh, of course, I, I did this a little bit premature, I guess. And then like I posted all that stuff and then it was like, oh no, the Rams are out. And it's like, ah, they got me, like the universe... Came back around and shut that down real quick after I got like a little confident that Julio might actually come to the Rams. So 
The Rams are now reportedly out on Julio Jones. A deal is still expected soon. Yesterday was the first. I'm recording this on the second. Video version will be out on the third, but uh, unless the trade has already happened, uh, it's expected to happen soon. And there's a lot of teams still in the mix. We're seeing the list is still like... Most of the NFL is still apparently in. It's like Julio and it, or uh, the the Rams in Atlanta are the only ones out on on Julio apparently, according to some Twitter profiles here. Uh, but this this news is still expected pretty soon. So I'm sure we'll see Julio on the move soon. Uh, reports are saying that the Cardinals, 49ers, as well as the Seahawks are all in on Julio Jones. So we'll see if he stays or goes to the NFC West. It'd be really unfortunate if he goes to the NFC West and that team is not the LA Rams. I would love to see him in that Rams uniform. But I also got to be real with you guys. I, I really don't think it's that big of a need. And I realize that Julio is one of those guys. Like Julio is one of those guys when you say, you know, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL today? You can kind of take him out of it. You can say, okay, well, besides Julio, you know, we got this guy. We got this guy. But Julio is like, he's one of those uh, one of those guys all time. It's like when, when Calvin Johnson was in the NFL. It's like, well, who's the best wide receiver? Like, okay, well, take out Megatron, and then we have a conversation. Otherwise, it's that guy. You know what I mean? So, of course, injury history, stuff like that, but... I was pretty, I was getting like a little excited about it, but I also, like I said, we don't, we didn't really have the need there. The The Rams have a pretty deep wide receiver group right now. So uh, it wasn't something that it was like, oh man, if we do this, we're going to make the Super Bowl. But if we don't, we don't really have a shot. That's not really how I feel. And Julio can go somewhere else, say in the NFC West. And yeah, he's going to make a team better immediately, but I still feel good about this Rams team right now. You know, I, I, I still feel confident going into the season with this squad that the Rams have put together right now because, I mean, I, it's a it's a good group. I mean, won 10 games last, last year, won a road playoff game, did lose a couple of pieces, but improved our biggest weakness, which was quarterback. So I, I'm here for it, man. I think it's going to be fun stuff. Let's talk about uh, the OTAs are kind of, uh, we're in like a, a the gap right now where uh, we're getting like like the... The May stuff is over. Now we're kind of waiting for some June stuff. I think it's in a couple of days uh, that we'll see some more June, uh, some dates. Uh, but per some reports, it looks like Coleman Shelton uh, seems to be currently ahead of Brian Allen at that center position battle. And it, it, it does look like Corbett is probably leading that right now. But it looks like Shelton is the one coming in after Corbett and then Brian Allen after that. So my question is, could Brian Allen be a cut? You know, he's he's one of the guys, one of the, the members of this of this Rams offensive line that has really no versatility. And can he move to guard? I don't think so. I, I think that he's a center. You know what I mean? But if you look at Shelton, Corbett, Evans, Edwards, uh, Tremaine Ancrum, even even Havenstein, I'm sure he can move over to the left. Witt is left tackle. But I mean, most of these guys have been kind of cross trained at different positions especially on the interior, a lot of those guys can play all three of those those spots, left guard, center, and right guard. So is Brian Allen one of those guys? I don't think so. That's not the, anything we've seen before. Uh, but I also wanted to let it be known that uh, we're going to keep seeing some shuffling, okay? We don't have our starters just locked in at those five spots yet. What is good is we have a, a lot of depth on the offensive line, and we have, I don't care what you say, pre-draft, even I've been saying this for months, but... We're going to see some shuffling going on. And, you know, I, I saw a, a quick promo clip. It was one second long where uh, Note Boom was at right tackle. So, I mean, it's it could have been a second team thing. Yeah, absolutely. It could have been a second team thing. But the, the point is, these guys are playing all over the place. And I don't think that in June we're locked in 100% of like, no, these guys are our starters along the offensive line. 
we may have our starters, but necessarily not the positioning. You know, Corbett might start at center, but I think he did a great job at left guard last last year. Uh, Evans is a guy that could play outside or inside. So if if something were to happen at the tackle position, Evans could could go out there. So could Nopeum, but those guys could also play guard. The versatility is awesome there, but I think we're going to see a lot of shuffling. So don't be, I guess, uh, too sold on uh, on the immediate factor that these guys are playing in this spot today you know what I mean because we still got a while for the season to start we're just under 100 days now uh, for the for the actual NFL kickoff game and and we're 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 getting there we're getting it right in that in that sweet spot where we're gonna have not a lot to talk about <laughs> until training camp starts but I love the training camp t- I love this time I'll be honest with you guys I love it I think it's fun this is a, everybody's zero and zero right now everybody's hopes are super high even Lions fans are out here talking about that, like they're like, "Oh man, Jared Goff might—he might be our answer, man." And it's like, okay, yeah, man, he might. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I've watched him play for the last few years. I'm going to say that uh, behind that line with that coach with those weapons, I don't know. Not super confident, but hey, everybody's zero and zero. Everybody has reason to be confident right now. Everybody's tied for first, so we're going to see some shuffling still happening. Let's talk about this real fast. I just wanted to uh, address some comments that I had on that trade video that I put out last week, my top five trades, the cracking the Cody segment. And I just wanted to mention because I I, I asked, I, I did, I asked and I wanted them. I wanted your top fives of, of, of some picks uh, or some trades that the Rams have made. And, you know, a popular one was the RG3 trade with, uh, with the Washington at the time Redskins. So, this is why I left that off the list. I did that on purpose. I didn't even try to put that on the list because I don't think that that trade was very awesome for either side. All right, so the Rams gave up the, uh, gave up the number two overall pick to Washington that year. The Rams received a pretty a pretty good haul and along with some other trades because like they they would they they received those picks and then traded to, like they was it was kind of a, a, a it branched out a little bit. So with those. Selections, the L.A. Rams ended up getting Greg Robinson, who was, uh, <laughs> he was sent off to Detroit. Running back Zach Stacy, I was a fan of him. He was traded to the New York Jets. He is has since retired. Wide receiver Stedman Bailey, uh, to no fault of his own, doesn't play anymore. Uh, maybe he would not be playing now. It's 2021. I have no idea. Uh, but... Uh, that I we know the situation. I don't need to go super into it. Of course, uh, he was he had uh, that injury in Florida with uh, the gunshot wounds, and now he's a coach. I still I believe he's still at West Virginia. I could be wrong there. Alec Ogletree, who was really good for a while. I liked I liked Tree as the Rams linebacker, and then the Rams went to the three four, and he was just not a fit. He struggled in the three four. Then he was traded to the Giants. Rock Watkins, Rickavius Watkins, uh, never really did much. Really just. Just was never really an impact player. Isaiah Peed, injury issues throughout his career, and now a pretty large injury has stopped him from playing, and he, he now actually participates in the Paralympics as a sprinter uh, because he was actually in a, in a motor vehicle accident and lost, uh, well, I want to say it was just one of his legs. Uh, but either way, I mean, rough path for Isaiah Pete. I liked Pete a lot, actually, as a, as a back uh, for the Rams. But yeah, he's, uh, he's no longer playing football. Janoris Jenkins, Pretty solid player. Uh, he was pretty risky, but I, I mean, I was a big fan. If you guys have been with Ram Showcase for a while and myself, then you guys know I was a big Jenks guy. I've still got his jersey sitting up in my closet, but 
you know, took a lot of risks, would get burned a lot, kind of had that Marcus Peters kind of vibe to him where uh, I liked him, you know, and, and he would make some big plays, but when he got burned, it was everybody else's fault. He would never take that that blame himself. So, uh, I mean, overall, I, I would say he's been an average starter to slightly above average starter his entire career. I don't think he's really done anything that that's special throughout, but I mean, he's not a bad player by any means. He never was. And then, of course, Michael Brockers, who is the the main contributor of all of this, and absolutely, I mean, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say anything bad about Brock. I mean, you can even hear the the players. Who was it? Sebastian Joseph Day in his press conference. He was even saying that like the comments were made. They were out there stretching on the field, and somebody makes the comment like, "Man, it's quiet out here without Brock," you know. So. I mean, and he was he was he was that block eater, man. So ultimately, I say these this all to to say I don't I don't think that the Rams really ran away with that trade. I really don't. I I, I know that Washington didn't necessarily win that trade either because RG three didn't really he didn't pan out into into much. But I I don't know. It it doesn't feel like either team really won that trade in a sense. All right, what we're gonna do here. We're going to give a quick story here, and then we'll head into our break. On the other side, we'll do the rest of the West as well as transactions and our fan quesos. We're light on the fan quesos, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll push some other stuff to the, to the back end as well. This is what I want to talk to you guys about, though, just real fast. I was actually I was not going to do this. I was not going to have this conversation, but I was kind of convinced into it, and this is not something that I would normally do. And this is not for, it's not for sympathy. Just to, to let you guys know a little bit what's going on. Sympathy is, it's, uh, it's addictive. Once, once you say something to somebody and they're like, oh man, dude, I'm really sorry. That feels good. And then you tell other people. So I'm not really about that. I feel like sympathy is, is really addictive and people get stuck into to searching for sympathy. That's not what I'm doing here. I just want to tell you guys, I just want to, I guess, a little peek behind the Sheriff Joe Bag's curtains here. Uh, been a little bit of a rough time uh, these last... I have, well, last few months, honestly, and you guys may have noticed uh, a photo change up here on my, on my picture here. Uh, one of those photos in the front is, uh, it's changed away from my niece uh, and is, is now a picture of my uncle. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, my uncle did pass away and uh, that was, it was pretty shocking. Uh, we weren't, we were not expecting that and I, my uncle's the funniest human being I've ever met in my life, and I, I contribute a lot of my sense of humor to him. And it, it was tough. Yeah, that was that was tough hearing. And then on uh, Memorial Day this this week on Monday, uh, my grandma passed away, and uh, his his mother. And so it's just been a little bit of a weird time in, in my family. And uh, my grandma was probably my favorite human of all time. <laughs> and she's super funny. Uh, my my one quick story. Uh, about her before I launch into a different story <laughs> is uh, we were actually at my mom's wedding and I'm trying to I'm talking to my grandma I'm just trying to have a conversation with her and she keeps kind of peeking over my shoulder and I don't know who she's looking at I still to this day I have no idea who she was looking at and I'm kind of like trying like grandma like, pay attention what are you doing and uh, she, she just looks at me and she goes she got fat <laughs> and so I was like what are we about to do this right now I was like are we about to sit here at my mom's wedding and just talk trash about the whole family she looks me dead in the eyes and goes yeah <laughs> So we sat down and just railed on everybody. It was the best time ever. <laughs> but uh, I actually got a tattoo for my grandma. I don't know if you guys noticed that uh, my arms have changed. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the addition. That was for her. I got that a while back. But uh, my uncle, 
Uh, like I said, funniest person I've ever met. He has one of my my favorite football-related stories I've ever heard in my life. My my uncle and my grandma were both extremely, extremely huge Bronco fans. Uh, not the jerkwad kind of Bronco fans, too. The good ones who actually know what they're talking about and are, are really passionate and stuff. But uh, when when the Denver Broncos were playing at the L.A. Raiders at the Coliseum, they went out for that game, and this was post-Lyle Alzado being uh, not a Bronco anymore, now is a Raider, and that was one of my grandma's favorite players, and uh, she takes it very serious, and she was not happy that Alzado went to the Raiders from the Broncos. She felt betrayed by Lyle Alzado, and if you guys don't know Lyle Alzado, I mean, he's one of like the tough guys of the NFL, like NFL history. So the story goes that uh, they're, they're out at this game, and I, I don't remember what, what the, the game wa- was, who won, anything like that. Uh, but the story goes that at the end of the game, uh, my grandma and my uncle worked their way up to the front row uh, at the Coliseum, uh, at the tunnel. And Lyle Alzado is walking off the field, and it was censored because when I heard the story, I was a little younger. Uh, I don't know what exactly was said, but apparently my grandma <laughs> started just shouting obscenities at Lyle Alzado, calling him everything you could think of, apparently, according to my uncle. And so so apparently, uh, Lyle Alzado, he looks up at the stands and sees my grandma and starts just going for it. <laughs> and so the Raiders players grabbed him and, like, forced him into the locker room, and that was it. But she's still, as, he, as he's trying to come at her, at her she's still yelling stuff. So one of my favorite football stories of all time is that Lyle Alzado tried to fight my grandma. <laughs> and, oh man, uh, she'll be, absolutely be missed. Already already missed quite a bit. So uh, just wanted to share that, I guess, with you guys. Uh, just get a little bit into, uh, I guess, a little, little peek behind the curtains. If you guys do see something pop into my backdrop uh, pretty soon, of uh, something Denver Broncos. Uh, it, it, I'm not gonna like call it out or anything. It, you'll just you'll probably just notice it. Something will be different, and that it will be something that I'm actually gonna go up and uh, select out of her belongings. Just one thing that uh, that will kind of remind me of her. She'll be back on my backdrop back here, and uh, my uncle will stay on on the drop as well. Uh, the quote on here, I, I'm sure you guys can't see it. Uh, says, uh, "This is the greatest day of my life." Whenever you would ask him, "Hey, how are you how are you doing today?" Hey, today's the best day of my life. The greatest day of my life. Yesterday's already gone. Tomorrow's not here yet. And uh, yeah, that's uh, just a little peek, I guess, behind the the curtain of uh, Ram Showcase and Sheriff Joe Bags. I was convinced into doing that. It was not I, normally. It's I, I. I feel like I just keep it football. I keep it Rams related here, so I feel like I, I just wanted to give that to you guys. Before we hop into our break, though, I do need to give a, a pretty large shout out to Compton Mania. Okay, I don't know if you guys know about Compton Mania that's going on, but you need to. All right. So this month on June twenty sixth, Compton Mania presents the Ghetto Gauntlet. All right, and first of all, name impeccable all right i am not necessarily dressed as a person who would participate in something called the ghetto gauntlet (laughs) but you should absolutely check this out all right so over 20 wrestlers in the ring trying to survive the ghetto to become the first ever champion of compton mania known as the absolute man the champion witness history with us and come join the mania for more information search compton mania on instagram or facebook check out www.comptonmania.com for more information as well the ghetto gauntlet will you survive 
there's only one way to find out. You need to go check this out, all right? Make sure you guys, uh, it's the 26th, later this month. We'll be working on uh, probably a little bit of a commercial, commercial, I'm making up words over here, commercial promo for for Compton Mania that will run uh, for the next three episodes after this one. I didn't necessarily have enough time to pump one out uh, for this one, but I need to let you guys know Compton Mania is where it's at. These guys are absolutely awesome, and I can tell you, I don't know if I'm supposed to give out names or anything, but Deshaun is one of the, the single most genuine human beings I've ever known in my life. I am absolutely honored to uh, to call to call Deshaun one of the bros. Absolutely, straight up, homie. And I can't wait. I I absolutely want to get out there uh, this year. Uh, Deshaun's one of the the gentlemen that I would love to uh, to meet up with and and uh, just ha- have a beer with out there out at uh, out at SoFi because that mother is about to be so full with human beings in it because. I feel we beat COVID. It just it feels like I can say that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to really. Like Fauci is gonna call me later on and be like, "Yo," <laughs> but either way, it feels like we beat COVID and um, we're doing great. All right. On the other side of this break, we've got the rest of the West as well as our NFC West head coach rankings one through four. We'll get into some transactions. Got some really good stuff there and a couple of fan quesos. We'll be right back with you. What's up, Rams fans? I'm Sheriff Joe Bags, and you need to know about Shaw's Customs. Custom vinyl decals are the best way to show all the other cars in traffic what you are most passionate about. Deals on vinyl packs right now with seven different logos in yellow, white, or blue. Custom shot glasses and beer mugs for brewskis with the brewskis. That's not all. No way. Superhero and political decals also available. Visit the link in the description and check it out for yourself. Tell Josh that Sheriff Joe Bag sent you. You won't get a deal, but he'll get a kick out of it. Shaw's Customs. And welcome back in, Rams fans. Let's go ahead and hop into the rest of the West. We'll talk. Uh, so just some quick news. Nothing too crazy. Like I said, we're in June right now. It's early June, so we're in like the quiet time. We're about to really be in the quietest time of the NFL season uh, between the OTAs and between training camp where where players are kind of told, like, all right, stay in shape. We'll see you guys in a little bit kind of thing. And, and then they come back ready for training camp. But we're hitting that time right now, so there's not a whole lot going on. But we will start with the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are one of the favorites to trade for Philadelphia Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. So another possible weapon for Kyler Murray. They are loading up. This NFC West division is absolutely no joke. Potential weapon. I don't know if I said that, but uh, if, if Ertz were to come to to the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, that's not good news. All right. It's not good news for, for the rest of the NFC West at all because I mean, he's obviously a pretty strong weapon out there. So, uh, and, and then that would really mean that the, the four tight ends, the four starting tight ends in the NFC West, uh, like you'd have to say this is like the, the, the tight end division. Tyler Higby is the absolute man. All right. Tyler Higby is the champion. You got George Kittle. I mean, he's one of the best players in the NFL today. Not not the best. We've got the best, but he's he's up there as far as you know, just a, a like the brute force at the tight end position. He's way up there. The Seattle Seahawks took one of our guys, Gerald Everett. We know what Gerald Everett can do. He's kind of struggled with catching the football, but if he does, it takes you know three four dudes to take him down. So that's a tough dude as well. And then if uh, the Arizona Cardinals can pull off Ertz. 
Uh, yeah, this division is insane with some of these uh, th- these tight ends. So Arizona Cardinals, they're they're in that conversation. Nothing official yet. We will keep an eye on it. The Seattle Seahawks are now heavily involved in the Julio Jones conversation. Apparently, we are hearing that Russell Wilson and Julio Jones have been having conversations. And, you know, this kind of ties back into uh, a little earlier in the offseason when, when Russ just pretty openly was like, I'm tired of getting hit. <laughs> like He was just talking to Dan Patrick, and he's like, you know what? I'm not, very, I'm not having fun all the time, man. Like, it sucks sometimes. And... I mean, we saw the, the 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 Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, I'm not really happy with this. I, I like this wide receiver. Can we get some more weapons? And they're like, okay, <laughs> sure, Aaron. Yeah, we'll get right on that. But uh, the Seattle Seahawks were like, all right, we need to fix this. What do we need to do? All right, get right, we'll sign some offensive linemen. You know, who can we get? Uh, you know, they're, they're, what's, what's up with Julio? You know, they're, they're at least trying. So I think that, that Russ is in there. And I don't think that's going to change, but uh, yeah, that's uh, they're they're in that conversation. We'll see what happens there. And you know, the Seattle Seahawks, they're strong. Te- We're all strong teams in this division. It's that's redundant to say, honestly. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Niners did release quarterback Josh Johnson as well as tight end Daniel Helm, and will visit with Delaney Walker today on the second and. Uh, have signed wide receiver Andy Jones. So those two spots vacated and are opening up for uh, Andy Jones and potentially Delaney Walker. I did not see official news that he had signed. I don't know what time that visit was supposed to happen, though. Uh, So it's possible that that's already, maybe it's happening right now. Maybe he's sitting there right now agreeing to a deal. I have no idea. But uh, Delaney Walker, former, I I remember most, uh, maybe that's all he's played, the Titans. Uh, that, That sounds right, right? I don't know a whole lot about Delaney Walker. I'm like following his career super intense. Let's talk about these coaches, all right? Because the NFC West is a very strong division. We know that. We all know that. All the other the other NFC West people know that. I know the you know like the, the AZ sports fan. He knows how strong this division is. We know CG sports. We know was it CG ruthless? Yeah, he he knows. He knows. You know Steezy. He knows. Yeah, they all know. They all know this division is absolutely insane. So let's go ahead and rank these coaches. All right. I'm going to start on number four. This is Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that that's really a surprise. Is he awesome? I don't know yet. I I really don't know. Does this year tell us if he's awesome or not? It will tell us if he's not because that roster is pretty loaded up. So if he can't pull it off this year and if he if if the Cardinals again hit another slide like they did last year. I mean, that says something. I, I think that says something. I think it said something last year. I'll be completely real with you guys. But this is really like a like a make-or-break kind of season for Cliff. If he doesn't put it together this year, the Arizona Cardinals really might see a new head coach in the 2022 season. Number three. I'll probably get heat from this <laughs> heat for this one. But number three, I'm going with Pete Carroll. I don't think Pete Carroll is everything that everybody else says he is. All right. I think a lot of that is Russell Wilson. Did you know that Pete Carroll without Russell Wilson is sub 500 in the NFL? Russell Wilson's, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer already. He was drafted by my Colorado Rockies, (laughs) who I'm not really, I don't really care for baseball anymore, but I'm technically a Rockies fan, I guess. But, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, sub 500 without Russ, 
I mean, some of his, we know some of his coaching decisions. Some of them are on the biggest stage ever. Some of them are the most notable wrong coaching decisions of all time, at least one of them. So, yeah, I think I, I think it's reasonable to put Pete Carroll at number three, at least today. Number two, I'm going to put Kyle Shanahan, which leaves Sean McVay for number one. And McVay and Shanahan, I really do feel like could be a 1A and 1B situation in this in this ranking, Shanahan's made incredible strides, actually. I wasn't very high on Shanahan for quite a while, and I think that, you know, over some time, he's he's really kind of got his rhythm down, and I think he's doing a really good job out there, unfortunately, for <laughs> for the 49ers. So, I really do think that could be a 1A and 1B. McVay's obviously going to be ahead of him because this is Ram Showcase, and it's my show, and I could do what I want to. Uh, so, I, I think that they're, they're really, really even, though. Uh, McVay, I mean, we... Honestly, if we looked at their at their head coaching careers, I mean, similar, comparable uh, winning percentages. Each of them lost a Super Bowl in, what was it, their second seasons or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I think that, that that's completely reasonable, but those are my uh, those are my coaching coaches rankings. We got Cliff Kingsbury number four, Pete Carroll at number three, Kyle Shanahan at number two, and your Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay as, in my opinion, the best head coach in the NFC West today. Let's talk about some transactions real fast, and then we'll get into our fan quesos. Let's see here. Did I skip anything? No, it looks like we're good. And so for our transactions, this is one that I missed last week. I barely missed this one last week. I think it was it was being released as I was recording. Uh, but the Rams did sign cornerback Kareem Orr to a one-year $780,000 deal. Uh, he bounced between the active roster and practice squad for the Titans over the last two seasons. And uh, he did join the Titans in 2019 as a UDFA, undrafted free agent. His stat line, pretty simple, nine tackles. That's all he's gotten. Uh, but like I said, bouncing back and forth between active roster and practice squad, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's That that tells you something. They're not just, you know, he didn't like come up to the, to the active roster and then they're like, oh, this is how he plays? All right, never mind. <laughs> you know, it just kind of, he was in that, that spot where it's like he's kind of teetering. So something would happen and he would get bumped up. Then something, you know, then maybe a player would come back from injury, clear waivers, back on the practice squad. That's nothing to, to uh, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But either way, uh, the Rams, some depth at the cornerback position is never really a bad thing. It's hard to complain about depth at that at that spot for sure. Uh, more cornerback news. The Rams draft pick Robert Rochelle signs his rookie deal. He did that on Tuesday. So uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, that he signed or. Yeah, that's that. I wrote this down yesterday. Maybe that happened. I don't remember. It was this week. <laughs> it was this week that uh, Robert Rochelle signed his deal. So uh, he is now locked in number thirty-one for the LA Rams at rookie there. And in more cornerback news, because apparently that's a position that the Rams are focused on right now, adding to that spot for sure. The Rams have signed uh, cornerback. Uh, Diane Gonwaloku Lake to a one-year deal. I really hope I didn't ruin that. Uh, Gonwaloku, uh, Gonwaloku Lake. I'm pretty sure that's exactly right. Diane. <laughs> so uh, he did sign a one-year deal with the Rams. He was on the Rams from April 28th, 2020, uh, but then was cut at September 4th. So he might be one of those guys. Could this be one of those guys that we could have seen last year maybe have an impact, but... No preseason, no in-person training camp. He didn't get a chance to showcase his skills. I'm hoping that that's the case because, hey, this would be really cool for this guy to 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 be able to, you know, 
like kind of ruin his shot. I get, I don't want that. He didn't ruin his shot, but the world ruined a lot of shots last year with, with COVID going on and the lack of a preseason, the lack of in-person training camps. So coaches weren't able to see those guys. I talked about that before earlier in this off season where, you know, preseason's a time for some of those undrafted guys, maybe the, the lower roster guys to really make a name for themselves. And so missing that last year, we don't know if some of these guys are just, they could have been amazing, but they never really got a shot. You know, they had all the makings to be, a high impact player, but never were able to get onto the field. And so the team kind of has to go with guys that they know a little bit better that they've got actual tape on. Uh, So, uh, so, Hey, I mean, this is a guy that we'll, we'll look for in the, in the preseason for sure, because I want to, I want to talk about his story just real fast because I I always, anytime the Rams sign anybody, I kind of look into their story a little bit. I kind of look into who they are, where they came from, and I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this guy, with uh, Diane Gonwoloku Lake, and I kind of, just a little bit of a rabbit hole, nothing too crazy. I will drop a link below, because there's actually some really cool parts of, of his story that, the reason that I got kind of sucked in. So he was born in Liberia, which is in Africa. He moved to the U.S. at the age of five, and... Uh, the 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 way that he's telling the story is just like super cool. Like he was like I the part made me laugh. He's like he's mentioning that he's he's getting off the plane and stuff. And it's like the first time he and his sister had seen white people. <laughs> it's, it's like that's got to be a little jarring. I, like you never really consider that stuff. I've lived here my whole life in Colorado, so uh, we've we've there's I mean everybody moves here, so I've seen everybody, but. Uh, I'll put it below the the one of the videos that I watched. I watched a few on them, but one of the videos I watched is Deep Blue is is uh, from uh, BYU and and like their I think production team. But really cool stuff and just really interesting, like some stuff that you don't really think about. That he was talking about that he was like in his room and he just kept turning the light switch on and off because it's like such a weird concept to him to 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 have that in in, in a place. And I mean, moving at five, I mean, obviously that's really young, but he 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 remembered you know being from from uh, Liberia, so. The, the changes, I'm sure that was a pretty big culture shock. So, I mean, he moved because of the, the, the crazy stuff that was going on there. So, I mean, those kind of stories are my favorite kinds of stories. Uh, the, those guys that, you know, they have just a little bit more weight to their why, I guess. And I, I'm big into the why. Why are you doing things? Why, why like... Why are you working hard? What what makes you get up? Like what when you when you open your eyes in the morning? What makes your feet hit the floor? Kind of thing. And uh, I, I think for for um, for Diane Gamaloku Lake, I think he's got a hell of a story. And I, I I'm trying to pass it along, I guess, because now that he's back as a member of the Rams, I feel like uh, it's a perfect time to share some stories. So. Let's go ahead and get into some fan quesos here. Do appreciate you guys dropping these. Pretty light this time around. We don't have a lot to talk about uh, as far as the quesos go. Fan questions, if you guys were curious. Um, If you guys want to know why it's quesos, drop that as a queso, and we'll answer that as well. So let's go ahead and start with Paul, Mr. Boy Green. He is the host of the Jet Zone. That is a, a different show right here on Sports War Radio. So if you guys know any Jets fans, Absolutely, that's where you need to go because uh, Paul's, I mean, he crushes it out there. He does all kinds of stuff too, not just the Jet Zone. I know he does, uh, he's the voice of the Syracuse Strong. I know he's on, he's on the radio. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what times. But Paul does all kinds of stuff, man. That guy's, uh, he's he's awesome out there. So, all right, let's go ahead and start with Paul's first question. Uh, well, I don't know if this is really a question. He says, I was unsatisfied with your fantasy football answer. I plan on writing a strongly worded letter to the Ram Showcase headquarters. Yeah, Paul. Um, 
I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, okay, I'm not gonna pull it up right now. I was there was one person who started commenting some good uh, some good names on my my episode last week. So I'm gonna direct you there, man. Uh, go check those out because your fantasy football question. I and first of all, Paul, if that is your real name, I answered your question. Okay, I answered it fine. <laughs> okay, what part of like you said you wanted to know? Who should you draft from the Rams for, for fantasy football? I said maybe avoid the receivers. There's a lot of them. Matthew Stafford's only got one cannon. All right? So go for Stafford. Go for Akers. Akers and Stafford, those are your picks. And get Matt Gay and get the Rams defense. I don't. I didn't say defense last year or last week, and I also don't think I said Cam Akers. But I'll add to it then. Akers and the Rams defense, man. You Come on, man. It's also June, and I don't think I'm playing fantasy football this week or this year. I keep getting my years and weeks messed up, apparently. But I don't think I'm playing this year. I just don't care. Uh, I tried to put it in a way that made sense last week, and I rewatched it, and I don't know if I got my point across. I don't know if it made any sense. But uh, really, the ultimate thing is, uh, like, I, I just want the Rams to win. I don't care who's scoring. I don't care if Wolford is throwing, you know, passes to Simba Webster. I don't care. Just score touchdowns as the Rams, and we're good. I'm good. I don't care. I don't care what name is on the back of the jersey, as long as the horns are on the helmet and not those lame Vikings ones. All right? All right, (laughs) next one here from Paul. ESPN ranked the top 25 positional upgrades this offseason, and the Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff upgrade, I feel like that's backwards, was rated second best in the NFL. Do you agree? Why or why not? Uh, you know what? I, I feel pretty obligated to agree. Uh, I know that number one, without even opening you, I know you shared the article here. I do appreciate that. Uh, without even opening that, I know that JJ Watt was number one. And I think that that's reasonable, but from going, going from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, I think is a huge upgrade. And I've tried to sell that in, and kind of explain that over this offseason that I really think that that that's a bigger upgrade than people are expecting. Like we're going to, I think after week one, Sunday night football at SoFi stadium, a packed SoFi stadium against the Chicago bears. I think that after that game, Rams fans are going to be like, Oh, we upgraded. Okay. Like, Oh, we do. We did just upgrade. We upgraded, upgraded. Okay. Like I see you Maddie. And I think that's, what's going to happen. I really do. I, I like, Jared Goff was such a game manager and everything kind of had to fall into place for him that when we bring in a guy like Stafford who or Stafford who can move a little bit, make some off schedule plays and is super tough. Just I mean, as far as quarterbacks go, especially just a tough dude. I mean, Jared was as well. I mean, so I don't want to I don't want to take that away from Jared. He was definitely a tough guy. But, uh, you know, I, I don't. It's a huge upgrade. I really, truly believe that this is going to be, like, mid-season was, is when the nation will be talking about it. Week one is when Rams fans are going to be talking about it. Like, oh, we are better there. Okay. I really think that that's what's going to happen, man. Next one here from Paul. Who are the top long shots to make the Rams roster this offseason? Well, I want to, I do want to just throw in uh, Diane Gonwaloku Lake there because story alone I think would be amazing if he could make the 53 man um that would be really cool as far as some other long shots though uh I think the Rams draft pick sixth round draft pick wide receiver Ben Skoranek I think he is a long shot 
not because I don't think he's a good player or anything like that. I think he's a fine player, but the the Rams' depth at wide receiver, I think, is absolute bananas. So I, I just don't think he's going to be able to crack that. I think in order for him to crack the 53, he would absolutely have to light up preseason, man. I absolutely just blow it up. He needs to... He needs to turn heads of national people to to be able to make this roster, I think. I I just don't, I don't know. When the pick came in, it was like, oh, another one? (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I'll say those. And then I feel like Brian Allen's a possible cut, man. I know he's been a starter for this team at center before, but I think that he is a, a potential cut. And... You know Taylor Rapp. I'm hearing some uh, some other good positive things from from Rapp this season. So maybe he's not going to be a cut, like I've been saying. But that's that's one. I mean, I want to see preseason man to see uh, to see to see uh, what Rapp brings to the table in year three, because year one to year two was no leap at all. Uh, let's see next one from Paul. Top breakout candidates for uh, for the Rams this year on both offense and defense. On the offensive side of the football, I'm going to say I really like Cam Akers is the obvious answer there. So I want to try to avoid that. Uh, I I think that we could really see Van Jefferson get a lot more involved this year. And I mean, even with the the, the number of weapons that the Rams have now and adding Tutu Atwell via the NFL draft 57 overall. But I I think that that Jefferson is, is a guy that that Sean McVay was upping quite a bit last year and uh, especially at the end of the season, he's like, "Hey, man, this guy's talented," you know. So, I, I think that we get him out there a lot more, and uh, he does look like he bulked up over this uh, last off season. So, I'm excited to see him out there. I think he is absolutely a breakout candidate. Uh, as far as, I mean, honestly though, man, the the rest of the the Rams' offense, is, I feel like it's pretty locked in. I mean, we know Woods, Cup, uh, Tyler Higby, we know Stafford, we know Cam Akers. Uh, we we feel pretty good about the rest of the guys but if we take a look at the defensive side of the football I mean there's some absolute studs back there as well I mean obviously we know Aaron Donald is not gonna break out this year he's <laughs> he did that pretty quick and uh and then of course like Jalen Ramsey we got Darius Williams there's some very strong players there as far as the defensive players who I think will really break out I'm really looking at these two safeties the second-year safeties, and that's going to be Jordan Fuller, who's going to be rocking number four at the safety position, and it's going to be uh, Terrell Burgess, who's, I believe, in... I believe he went to 32, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. But uh, I I think both of those guys, I think they're going to be starters this year for the Rams on on the back end, and I'm excited about it, man. I think that those are, are two very big breakout potential guys at the safety position because they're both going into second year. Of course, there is Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott to look out for as well. Uh, I think that they get playing time in, in in rotation, but I think that Burgess and Fuller are going to be the, the starters. And then at the linebacker spot, like this really could be the year that we see Obanaya Okoronkwo just really just step into his own. I like that's that's one that I feel pretty strong about that could become a guy opposite of Leonard Floyd. I like this Rams front a lot. I like adding uh, Bobby Brown the third out of Texas A&M. I think he fills that Brockers role really well. Sebastian Joseph Day coming back. I think that he's going to I think he's in a very good position to uh to to kind of stand out this year. Ashawn Robinson reports are that he's lost some weight. He's he's looking faster. He's looking a little quicker out there. So Ashawn Robinson might be a a guy that could break out this year as well, but our front is is Good. I love our front. Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey at the outside corner spots. Looks like it's going to be between David Long Jr. 
and uh, Robert Rochelle for that nickel spot, and then Fuller and Burgess on the back end. I'm here for it all, man. Next one here from Paul. Last question uh, for me. During this period of not a lot going on, do you have a guide or suggestions on what can help Rams fans or just NFL fans in general get through this period? You know, it's a tough period, man. Um, what I can say is uh, there's a whole entire backlog of Rams Showcase episodes that Rams fans can go check out and uh, laugh at because, I mean, I feel like every episode gets a little bit like I progress just a, t- just a touch. So if you go back like a year or something like that, you'll be like, oh, okay, like, you know. And, or you can go try to find things I was way wrong about last year. That's a fun thing to do. Uh, what I choose to do myself is to watch old games, actually. I, I love to go back and watch some uh, some some games from the, the Joe era of really getting into football, which was the 2000s. That, that, that was my era of football. Like Terrell Owens and I don't know why it's like the first name that pops in my head. And like watching like Troy Polamalu and stuff like that. Like that was I feel like that was my era. And then, of course, the, with the, the Rams, specifically not too amazing, but Bulger, uh, Steven Jackson, Torrey Holt, guys like that. I mean, I could go absolutely on and on and on. Uh, I remember being, like, so pumped, like Travis Fisher or Jeremy Trius Butler, man, locking down that corner. It's going to be amazing. We signed Corey Chavis. What's up? Like, I remember all that stuff. I like to go back and, and watch those games. Uh, 2005 Seahawks, uh, that one's on the uh, – on the YouTube. I'm turning into my dad a little bit more every single day on the, on, on the YouTube. But, um, yeah, there's, that's, that's really what I suggest is go back and w- watch old games. But there's always there, – there's plenty of them on YouTube. I've got other ways that I watch, watch them. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Like that, that's the best one to do. Just kind of relive some of that. Except for that uh, Super Bowl 53. We don't relive that at all. And then this last one here, just a quick one from Cody. Have you listened to the new podcast featuring Sean McVay? Uh, and this uh, turns out it's up with Peter Schrager. So no, I had not heard that actually. I think I have. To, I think I have time on Sunday uh, that I'll be able to check that out. And so I will definitely uh, be searching for it. Uh, pretty just a busy time of Joe's life right now. We went into a little bit of it, but uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of a time right now. But uh, Sunday, I think I want to try to check that out. It's it sucks. I, it's so weird to be in a position where it's like, do I have a free hour within the next three days? Like, do I, <laughs> maybe I could try to put it on at work. That's uh that's another option as well. Maybe I can do that. It depends on a few things, but uh, yeah, man, I appreciate those questions. Uh, the, the fan cases, if you guys ever get to hanker in, you need to know something about this LA Rams team. Make sure you guys drop it. I did see some, uh, some uh, bigger ones uh, that came in last week with um you know some other top five potentials or some 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 big research ones uh we'll we will absolutely get to those the prep time is the the hurdle there but we will absolutely start start working on that we'll get that out to you guys uh but also man check out compton mania make sure you guys check out shaw's customs there will be links to all of that down below uh but that is going to do it for me make sure you guys follow the ram showcase on all your favorite social media that would be at ram showcase on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash ram showcase you can follow myself as well at sheriff joe bags on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash sheriff joe bags make sure you guys uh comment below uh your favorite part of the show today okay that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna need from you guys oh actually wait i lied well you could do that too if you want to but i remember i'd asked your, who your favorite number 83 was in Rams history? I got some some strong answers there. I heard uh, uh, I heard Curtis. I actually think I heard McDonald. Brian Quick was on there. I said Drew Bennett. I just threw that one. <laughs> Drew Bennett! Yeah, but I don't know. Was he 83? Maybe I'm wrong there. I think he was... I don't know. 
Alright, let's do 89. 89, because that's the number that just popped into my head. I'll tell you guys mine right now. Just Dane Looker popped into my head. You can't use current. You can't use current. Alright, that is going to do it for me, though. Thank you guys so much for watching. I do appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, my, my escape, I hope you guys... I hope that I can be your escape as well. And uh, we get this uh, season going here soon. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're just in June right now. We're just in June right now. We're getting there, guys. Uh, but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Beggs. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night. <laughs>